Good morning. All right, so today is July 26th, 2019. I am here in a room um, by myself. I'm at Launch Workplace. It is a co-working space in Rockville, Maryland. It's for those who are just starting out with their businesses, um, are not a, at a point where they can move into their own office yet but they also wanna get out of the house as well as look for a professional environment to work from as well as have clients come visit them. So I've been looking for a co-working space for about a month now as I look to transition into um, independent consulting um, and launch my consultancy NBA Growth Partners. Um, up until now since March or so since I decided to be serious about this new venture. Um, I've been working from home and I think I'm getting to a point, especially with the kids being home for the summer, I think I'm getting to a point where I sort of need to wake up every day, have somewhere to go, um, and have a space where I can be dedicated and focused to growing my business, um, but also an environment that I feel um, can be inspiring, um, get my creative juices flowing, and essentially really just um, feed me as I look to grind um, out the next three months. Now I say three months um, because um, there's a lot going on in my life um, and I'll probably be getting into it um, perhaps on this particular episode, maybe um, you know, in the next few sessions, because um, at this point I feel like I'm kind of all over the place, and since I'm in the studio by myself, there's no one to bounce off of. And in typical Bola fashion, I don't necessarily have an agenda <laughs> for what I want to cover today, so I may be all over the place, and in fact, I do feel like I'm all over the place, so, um, but that's fine. Um, the reason I decided to make this session is because um, I've been wanting to do a podcast for some time. In fact, um, I bought the equipment and recorded a couple of episodes um, last year um, and, um, you know, posted it. And since then, it's just been difficult to find the time, the creative energy to really record another episode. Um, and since I'm launching my business, I feel like um, I'm in a space where I want to sort of just do me, um, but mostly um, do me meaning I want to create. I want to occupy and fully step into a creative space um, that will allow me to um, feel like I have more power and control, not only of what I'm doing, what I'm spending my time on, um, but also um, over my energy. Um, I find that when one is involved in um, a creative endeavor, um, it's sort of a, a gift that, um, you know, you put out into the world, but also, um, you know, feeds you and, um, you know, builds you up as well. So, <clears throat> so that's what this is about. Um, so a couple of um, weeks ago, I um, stumbled upon um, a podcast studio at Launch Workspaces, which is where I am right now. And um, I took that as the universe um, sort of telling me that um, I needed to revisit this and um, 
and also, you know, the studio was fairly reasonable. I think it's $30 an hour. So I booked a session. Um, and for whatever reason, I canceled. And let me just say that I've subsequently, um, up until today, I have booked maybe five other sessions and for whatever reason could not um, make it work, um, you know, either from juggling my business, um, the um, my personal commitments with family, um, taking my kids to the pool, you know, for whatever reason, I would just end up canceling um, the session. So finally today, I booked it for Friday, and I and I think um, what I realized is, um, you know, I'm such a I don't want to say scatterbrain, but I'm I'm really sort of all over the place in terms of what I need to do. Um, and what I want to do that a lot of times I end up having competing priorities. Um, so what I realized is I need to um, set aside specific days and time for when I want to do certain things. Um, so I've decided that every Friday at 9 a.m. I will come to the launch studio, pay my $30, get in here, and sort of just um, explore this practice of um, putting something out there. <clears throat> I call it a practice because um, it sort of reminds me of, um, you know, my practice of yoga. Um, I recently took up yoga, and for anyone who knows me, I'm probably the last person <laughs> that would be doing yoga. Um, but it's not funny, especially because, you know, after a while, you become what you do. Um, I, I now see that you know, I am absolutely a yogi, at least someone who, who practices yoga. Um, um, everything from the philosophy of um, sort of just leaning into your space of discomfort to, um, you know, not worrying about whether or not you're going to be perfect at a particular thing, but just getting out there and doing it, um, to the idea that, <clears throat> Over time, um, you get better at something. Um, and lastly, to just the um, idea or the notion of embracing, um, you know, just, just stillness, you know, just being quiet, going inward and being in a space of stillness where you can focus on your breath, focus on just the basics of life when things start to get overwhelming. And um, those are all the things that I've been doing with um, yoga um, as of late. Um, and I'm at a point where I probably do yoga maybe three or four times a week. And it's one of those things that it's challenging. Um, <clears throat> for anyone who does yoga, you know how um, challenging it could be. I mean, it really pushes you. You're in this hot room. Um, you know, you're, you're contorting your body in all sorts of shapes that, you know, are seemingly unnatural to you. Um, but you're in there and you're pushing through and you're understanding that it's not about being perfect. Um, the journey is about really just staying in that space and pushing through. Um, and to me, that has been... Um, <clears throat> A philosophy that I am now starting to extend um, through the other parts of my life um, and really just taking um, the perspective that most of anything you know from parenting from um, our 
marriages, from our relationships with um, our friends, from um, <clears throat> to relationships with family members. All these things can be particularly difficult and challenging, but if you look at them as a practice, you know, every day I get up, I know I'm not going to be perfect. If anything, every step of the way, I'm going to fall short in one way or the other. But, um, you know, I will continue to push through, stay in the moment, and see what I can do to um, improve uh, on my practice um, for that particular day. And it's not to say that it's not challenging or hard, but I'm committed to that practice because that person, because this business, because this marriage, this friendship, this relationship, et cetera, um, it's important to me. So even though I, you know, messed up greatly the last time we interacted or even though, um, you know, I messed up the client call or what have you, um, I'm getting up today or, you know, the next moment I'm recommitting to um, my practice and seeing what I can do to be better. So um, I guess that's a roundabout um, meandering way of saying that, um, you know, that's what I see um, taking place with this with this podcast as well. It's a journey for me to um, sort of practice how to be more creative, how to get something um, from my mind onto... Um, a recording and perhaps share it and the reason you know it's funny because leading up to today you know I've been thinking about you know um, the the reasons behind why I feel so compelled to do a podcast um, and a lot of times I do think about you know why I'm embarking on whatever it is that I'm embarking on um, especially because I'm also undertaking the practice of um, reducing my ego, which is probably a conversation for another time. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, note to self, I probably need to have targeted topics to talk about so I'm not all over the place. But, you know, this being my first session, um, hopefully um, it's okay. Um, and whoever is listening will sort of just ride along with me. But... But recently, um, um, I've been thinking about, oh, there's my phone, another note to self, make sure you turn up your phone when you're in a recording studio. Um, so more recently, um, I've been listening to a lot of um, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, and for anyone who listens to that podcast, you'll know that she also um, has been, you know, doing a fantastic job of really just um, living her best life and showing us her journey um, in the case that we may also want to consider how to step into the space of living our own best life. Um, so show usually or you know typically have various experts come in about different things and um, earlier this year there was a series of um, conversations that she had with um, you know someone that um, she had been um, that she had been really um, I guess tracking his journey or maybe 
reading his books for the past several years, I would even say decades maybe, um, Eckhart Tolle. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's written lots of books, <laughs> and I know that for a fact. I just don't know the names of the books I've had at this point. But um, one that she um, was sort of um, going through in this 10-part series that she did with him, with Eckhart Tolle, is um, what's called A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. I actually think I purchased the book, if I'm being honest at this point, um, but I have not read it. But I did listen and follow Oprah through the 10-part, 10-week um, series of sort of d- diving into the book and, um, you know, chapter by chapter going through, um, you know, the contents of the book. And she'll typically invite Eckhart Tolle on, and they'll talk about the chapters. She'll give her sp- perspective. He'll talk about what he meant or his understanding of it. Um, people will call in to give their perspective and also give testimonials about how their lives are being changed. And um, the book, by and large, um, is about how you can um, really step into your life's purpose or at least find greater purpose by diminishing or attempting to diminish um, the emphasis on your ego. The ego being that which you, um, and I'm probably not doing a good job of um, explaining the ego, I'm pretty sure I'm not, so whenever I do a topic on this book specifically, um, or, or um, you know, ego in general, I'd be, I'll be more prepared. However, um, my understanding of the ego is that which you associate with that is meant to um, bolster you, um, or at least the image of you, um, either to yourself, um, but typically to the world. So that which you do that's meant to build you up, that's meant to represent who you are, and a lot of times they're material things, they are, you know, the relationships that we associate with, they are the, the, the jobs that we take, they are the personas, I guess. You know, your post persona um, is really meant to feed your ego. Um, and because of that, you know, we are working to keep up a front that's meant to um, project an idea of ourselves that's not real. And a lot of us occupy that space, that space of trying to project and um, this is something that um, really resonated with me because I think I've always sort of questioned, you know, why it is that we buy into the ideas or the concepts that we buy into, especially when they're, um, when they're particularly taxing on us emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, etc. You know, why do we go to the jobs that we go to and spend 10, 12 hours a day um, away from our family, from our loved ones, from um, the things that we would rather be doing, spending time doing, and we go to these miserable places just to be able to say, well, you know, 
I am a blank, whatever it is that um, we want to consider ourselves as. Um, so it's just a weird mental sort of um, thing that we allow ourselves to to step into, and ultimately it ends us it ends up robbing us of our um, of the time that we should be spending on ourselves to grow to to um, explore the things that we really do want to explore to get to know our family members better to get to give back to the world to make things a better place and really to build to be in our creative spaces to build to really give in a meaningful way um, to the world because I feel like at our core um, human beings want to to build we want to create at least I know that's what um, I feel so um, I don't know if that's the same for other people um, I would guess that's the case but maybe not um, but whatever it is that we all want to do I feel like for the most part um, we spend so much time working on everything else you know in that space of you know the bullshit doing the bullshit and not really focusing on the real thing um, <clears throat> so, so this practice of diminishing one's ego is really meant for you to um, craft out that space for yourself. Um, so that's what that book is about. And that's what I've been doing. So more recently, I am trying to explore my physical self, you know, be as healthy as I can, eat um, food or, you know, um, as much as possible, things that will feed my body in a positive way, um, wake up um, with a good attitude, give off good energy to the people I care about. Because um, at the end of the day, um, you know, I want to be able to go to sleep and feel content with um, the energy that I put out as well as what I'm receiving back for that day. So it's a practice. Um, and this podcast is the same, you know, I am, oh yeah, how I got here, because I was wondering, how did I start talking about ego? So yes, <laughs> that's a long way to say, you know, when I think about why is it that I want to do this podcast, you know, there's a part of me that says, you know, is it because, you know, I kind of want to feel like I too am doing something, or um, is it because it's something that I feel called and compelled to do. So there was an assessment um, that I had to go through. And, you know, I'm always pushing myself to be honest with myself. And, you know, honesty meaning, you know, it's okay if it is ego, if I, th this is something that I need to work through. And I say kind of like chocolate, right? I know, you know, probably consuming fake chocolate, you know, wrapped up in fake milk and sugar, you know, um, it's probably not the best for my body, but there are times when I just want it. You know, it is what it is. I am human. I can't be perfect all the time. So um, so when I assess why I'm doing something, you know, I think I'm at the point where I can be okay with, yeah, this is really serving my, this is really meant to serve my ego. I think for me, the practice or the win is being able to at least step outside of myself, you know, allow my 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 subconscious to speak through and say yep this is really the ego kind of at play right now but I'm okay with that um 
because this is the space that I want to be in. Um, and also being aware of the possible um, negative impact that I could have. Anyway, so I say that to say, so I did this assessment and I've thought it through and I'm not sure if I'm completely right um, in the conclusion that I'm drawing, but I really feel like this is what I should be doing. This is what I'm meant to be doing at this point and it feeds me, you know, even sitting here, I feel um, like a sense of accomplishment for getting up getting into my car, driving here to this studio. There's no one here to help me with how to sort of work all of this equipment. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even know if this is recording, but I'm sitting here and I'm in this moment, in this space by myself. It's a little awkward, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm going through it. I'm having this conversation and it's extra, ex, it's, okay, I don't know the word, but uh, it's coming straight from the dome. And it is what it is. You know, we'll see what the outcome is. If it's usable, good. If not, it is what it is. But, um, but yeah, so I'm here and I'm glad to be here. And I think it's for the right reasons. So we'll see. Um, so there's that. I guess that's um, the intro, right? This is, it's a, it's a long interest to how, I have found myself on July 26th, my sister-in-law's, uh, more like my sister, Faluka, Fakinleta, shout out to you, happy birthday. Um, we're gonna party in a couple of weeks, um, love you. But um, yeah, on this day, you know, it's, it's a way for me to, um, you know, as opposed to doing anything else, I'm here today, so yes. Now, in terms of um, what I wanna talk about, I think it's probably just um, providing a summary or an overview for um, the space I've been in for the past, for the better part of the year. I would actually say all of this year. So if I were to look back, it, so one thing I'll say is um, I think for the past five years or so, I feel like I have been intentional in improving various parts of myself. I think up until five years ago, which would be 2014, maybe 2015, let's just say 2015, four years ago, up until then, I feel like I had been sort of just floating through life um, for the larger part of 10 years. So I would say, since getting out of college, having children, um, I went into the space. Well, you know what? I had children, and um, two years after, when Nubia turned two, I decided I was going to go to business school. So Mac and I, the husband, um, you know, took the kids, uprooted ourselves, and went to Charlottesville. And that was the space, um, that was the time for me to sort of reinvent myself, step out of the rut that I felt like I was in. So I will say um, those two years from 2008 to 2010 were probably pretty amazing. Mainly, well, in one way, they were amazing um, in shifting my um, perspective. I think I was on a path where 
you know, I was working. I had children. I was making okay money-ish, I guess. Um, I was doing, but I wasn't doing work that was fulfilling. You know, I, I was agitating. You know, it was around the time that my friends and I started an event planning business. So there, there, there was always more that I wanted to do. I, I always wanted to create, um, express myself through other outlets. Um, but I still felt like I was stuck in a rut. So going to Virginia, meeting all these amazing people in business school, and really just learning new ideas about business, new concepts, um, getting exposed to folks that I thought were brilliant people who were going to do amazing things with their lives. And we were all going to come out of school, you know, making just crazy amounts of money. And we would be stepping into a space of just luxury and opulence. <laughs> that was, I, I mean, I think at the time, if I was being honest, um, you know, the idea of making six figures was just so mind blowing to me that I couldn't fathom, you know, the opulence that my life would then um, sort of take on as a result of it. Um, so I was there um, and things were good. I would say a part of me was definitely being stimulated and that was the intellectual part. And I think um, I was also dreaming. I was in a space of, you know, um, living in the future you know we just could not wait to have a full-time job so i could be in this space i could be seen as oh my god you know um there's some person with a great career um who would come back to school to darden and recruit and you know the the students would look at us and look at me in awe like i used to look at the recruiters um and just want to um want us to give them a chance, you know, to work for whatever companies we were working for. So that was the space I was in, whatever. I would say at the time, it was um, obviously not well-informed. Um, clearly, I didn't have any idea about, you know, what it takes, you know, what six figures mean, you know, and um, how much it truly takes to live the life of your dreams. It certainly is not $100,000 or whatever. It is that one is making. I guess it could be depending on where you're living and how much debt you have. Um, but I didn't consider any of that. I just considered the money. Um, so yeah, so I would say that was a time when, you know, I felt like at least one part of me was actively being worked on. And then coming out of business school, I think personally, I went into a space, into a very difficult period of time. And I would say, you know, my husband and I, personally, we did. You know, I think there were lots of turbulence. And they, those turbulence were probably as a result of sort of the reality we were met with once I got out of business school. If I'm being honest at this point, um, you know, got a decent-ish job, um, low six figures um, but at the time Mac had gone into business school because I thought it was such a great experience that you know he also was in a space where he was trying to um, you know find himself and I just thought you know maybe go to business school and see what comes as a result of it um, I'll leave it to him to um, maybe speak to whether or not it had the same transformative effect or impact on him 
um, as I felt it did on me. Um, but, you know, I would say maybe not. Um, but either way, you know, um, we had one income, which is my income. Um, we were, you know, we had two children and I, I had just had a baby. I just had Amity. Um, you know, we were, we had two homes that we were keeping. He was in Charlottesville. I was in Virginia. We we're going back and forth and things I would say were just very unstable and difficult. The money was not going as far as um, we would need it to be. Um, so ultimately, um, you know, I got into a space where, you know, things just became very difficult. I became very agitated. The work I was doing at work was not fulfilling. Um, it turned out I felt I had been sold a bill of goods, <laughs> you know, uh, or maybe I just um, convinced myself of something that was not um, a reality. But either way, I think 2010 to 2015, so maybe five years, was a period of time that was very difficult um, in all aspects. I think you know, Mac and I were in a very difficult space. Um, we were constantly fighting, constantly fighting. Um, we're constantly looking to make ends meet just because, I mean, we had massive student loans. And I say massive, I mean, they were just out of this world. I, I don't even feel comfortable saying the number, but they were just out of this world. And still, you know, the, the comfort and the and the, um, you, you know, the, 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 not opulence at this point, because I think at this point I'd realized that opulence wasn't coming anytime soon, but, but I still wanted to feel comfortable, like step into a space where I felt like, okay, I'm, I, I'm comfortable, you know, we're both working, we're smart enough, and we've made good decisions to be able to have a good space that we're living in. Um, and I felt like we didn't have that. You know, there was a general discomfort around our physical living spaces, um, general discomfort um, in my marriage where, you know, I'm blaming Mac for one thing, he's blaming me for one thing. Um, I was working all the time, just maybe trying to get promoted so I could make more money, um, or maybe um, trying to make more money, but also so I could get the validation for being you know, this person, you know, I am now a manager or a senior manager because I really wanted to have evidence that all of the hard work and everything I had put myself, my family through um, was worth it. And all of the loans, the time taken away, like I really wanted at least some sort of designation, something to, to say, and this is why we did this, because at the end of the day, it was worth it. And also at the same time, I think we were also still exploring, um, you know, doing our own business, you know. Um, we had Profax that we were doing in Nigeria, which was really taking um, a lot of money from our pockets, trying to make it work. Ultimately, you know, I think we got to a point where things were just crashing down, you know, emotionally, um, 
physically, spiritually, you know, family-wise, we were really just about to tap out, I would say, in 2015. 2015, maybe even 2016. I mean, I'll have to go back to review the timeline. Um, but we quickly got to a point, Mac and I, where, you know, at least as a couple, um, I felt as if we weren't going to make it. And and I think the gift of that space we were in was was that things were so overwhelming for me personally, and I'm sure for him, probably, I mean, definitely for the kids. Things were so overwhelming and, and explosive all around that I had to be forced into the space of um, something has to give, like a change has to be made. And the only change I could imagine was really just Mac and I going our separate ways. Like in the, at that point, in the 17 years or however many years we had been married, I mean, we had been together, married seven. Um, I think that was the first time that I really came to terms with the possibility of, not even possible, came to terms with a notion of us not being together. And I think I never truly allowed myself to think about it, no matter what had happened in the past, because... Um, we had been together since we, since I was 17 and he was 19. And 17 years later, I mean, that's half of our lives. Um, I now did not have, I didn't know who I was without him. Like my identity was absolutely wrapped into him and the idea of us and our family and our relationship. I think if anything else, that was the one thing that, you know, particularly from a, egoic perspective <laughs> from an egotistical whatever the word is that was at least the one thing that I felt like you know what I don't got nothing else I got a relationship that you know I I was proud of uh, but that relationship now was coming undone because it was going to threaten my physical mental being and I had to really get out of it. So that was the first time that I truly entertained the notion. And I saw myself without Mac. You know, I saw myself making my life work in a way that it would still be fulfilling, maybe even more fulfilling without Mac. Um, I say that to say that sometimes, um, you know, you lock yourself into a prison of your own making because you're not willing to entertain other options. Come what may, whatever decision you've made, you are going to stick to, even if it means you're banging your head up against the wall. And that essentially is ego at its worst. So during this time, I, I was ready to be done, mentally checked out, and I think this was the first time that, you know, at least, you know, from my perspective, I think Mac also saw that, you know, we may be coming to the end here. Um, and I think there was a part of me that still wanted it to work. Obviously, there was a huge part of me that wanted it to work, but I wanted it to work 
in the right way. I didn't want a relationship for the sake of a relationship. Like, I no longer wanted a relationship for the sake of a relationship. I wanted things to, to, um, I wanted a relationship that would work for me. Not that I was trying so hard to make work. <laughs> so, if that makes sense. So, at that point, um, Mac, and thank God for him, because I think, it was this action that really set me off on the path that I'm on right now. Mac made one last attempt and said, listen, yes, maybe we are going to get a divorce. By the very least, let's go to this marriage boot camp um, that was being offered by Stosny. I forget his first name. I'll look it up and we can have a podcast on this at a later time. But, um, you know, it's Stosny. This is a guy who's been on Oprah. I think he's world-renowned, um, and um, he's a psychologist. He, 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 he is trained on um, the psychology of men and women and how when the two get together, what sort of happens in a marriage and the psychology of that sort of union and the challenges you're likely to have um, most of them um, being driven by our insecurities and um, the men and women operating from um, places of um, insecurity, well, insecurities and, um, you know, um, a, a state of um, being de- devalued. So, um, so we went and we spent most of the weekend talking about, you know, just, just looking um, into ourselves, being introspective and really just assessing who we are, um, you know, all the decisions that we've made up until now, how did we get here, and, um, you know, what do we need to do to um, sort of work towards the, the, the lives that we want, and how do we become active participants in that? Um, and stop looking to others to um, make our lives what we want our lives to be, but actively stepping into, um, you know, what we want to do. An example being, if you want to be a good mother, um, you know, the verdict is not for your children to say at 18, you know, my mom was a good mother. You know, every day you wake up and you think about what does it look like, you know, from your perspective? You know, what are some of the things, the attributes that, or you, what are some of the gifts that you want to give your children? Um, what does it look like to you to be a good mother? And how do you step into that space repeatedly? Even if, you know, at the end of the day, your children are not going to say, my mom was a good mo- mother, or even if your husband is not going to look at you as a good mother. Um, it's about what you feel like that looks like, the space that you want to operate um, in, and how do you step into that space every day? What are the gifts that you give yourself by giving to others on a daily basis? A very complicated um, concept. And I'm not sure that I'm doing it justice. I'm pretty sure I'm not. But um, I think coming out of that boot camp, um, my worldview began to shift. I would say it probably shifted pretty dramatically because I went in pretty angry about certain things, pretty upset 
very feeling very entitled about you know what I'm owed from my husband and people around me etc and I think I came out of that session understanding or at least being introduced to the concept that people don't really owe you anything you owe yourself whatever it is that you want for yourself because others are busy working on what they want for themselves so at the end of the day it's never about anyone other than yourself and you also and we also spend a a bit of time on the ego um so you know it's also questioning why you see things a certain way and how it impacts you how you feel how your ego gets bruised and then the state of um enragement or whatever it is that you're that you're forced into when your ego feels um, slighted and what have you. And being able to sort of slow your your thinking process down to um, a point where you're able to sort of see yourself. It's kind of like an accident taking place in, in a very slow motion type of way. Um, but being able to pinpoint, you know, what happens is something happened uh, prior to the point of that accident um, sort of getting underway so that you can avoid it. Um, so anyways, that to me was a, a life-altering session for me. And I tell everybody <laughs> to, everyone, even if you're by yourself, um, you know, I, I think it was such a great way of explaining, you know, the human perspective, the human mind to, to us. Um, at least to me, that I just I took so much away from it. So that was when I embarked, or at least um, without knowing, um, that was when I embarked on the practice of um, putting my ego in check and on the practice of knowing that ultimately I am responsible for all of myself, my emotions, my decisions, what makes me happy, what makes me cry, what makes me insecure, all of those things are things that I am responsible for. And I think what comes, what, what, what came along with that understanding of my responsibility is, is power. Because I now realize that I don't have to be or occupy the space of things being done to me. I can occupy the space of me driving um, what happens in my life and then for the things that happen that are beyond my control I don't have to worry about them I mean there's this quote that says God give me the wisdom to do the things that is I mean I'm gonna get this wrong (laughs) do the things that I know I should and um, essentially let go of the things that I have no control over and I think that's exactly it the things that are gonna bring you joy you know give me the wisdom and the strength and the and, and um, you know, the ability to be brave enough to step into that even when it's um, scary, because it will be scary. Um, and then the things that are beyond my control, because there's so much beyond our control, you know, what someone thinks of us, you know, people's behaviors when they're acting from a place of insecurity or a state of um, being devalued. There's so much that happens, you know, what's going on in politics, you know, the environment. Africa, you know, poverty, there's so much. Um, But there's so little that we can do about all of those things. So 
Um, so why, why um, stress yourself out on the things that you have no control over? Um, so that was a practice that I had to step into day after day. And because I had been so wound up and, you know, we had been in a space of tension and anger and entitlement, I mean, just so much for so long. I mean, it took so, such a long time for me to sort of move from that space um, of entitlement. And I, th- I would say probably took about two years. I mean, I think that um, sort of practicing, questioning, and sort of um, rethinking, you know, what would be the right decision has been a two-year process for me to the point now where I feel like I don't, I probably don't get angry anymore. I get more frustrated maybe with myself, but not really angry like I used to every now and then. Um, But this is from someone who stayed angry all the time, particularly with my um, husband. Um, so the practice does work, and, and I feel like, um, so what happened at the start of this year, starting with Stosney a couple of years back, you know, I'm just trying to sort of thread the journey I'm on. What happened at the start of this year is I started listening to, so before I started listening, let me get back into this. The, the government shutdown happened. Probably the best gift I could have been given. I mean, when I think about some of the, monumental moments in my life you know Darden being one you know when I had my first child being one meeting Mac who's my husband and having my worldview sort of just change and off on the different trajectory like those there are specific moments that I feel um, had huge impacts um, on my life and I would say the government shutdown is another one <laughs> that took place this year with that with the government shutdown I had none but time nothing but time and what I decided to do was that I was going to join Lifetime Um, I met this girl Tammy who is now a very good friend at a party in December and she said she was a member of Lifetime I said you know what it's time for me to do something about this weight I don't have nothing else to do with my time sure let's let me go to Lifetime so I started going to Lifetime and the goal of that really was for me to step into the practice of um, reshaping my body. I think my body had, in the physical um, sense, had become um, out of alignment with how I viewed myself and my body. And I think I was just overall unhealthy. Um, so I at least wanted to start working out, become stronger, have more strength. And I was coming from a space where I really didn't think it was possible. Like I, I essentially considered myself like physically weak um, and I couldn't see how I could get from that point to, um, you know, being stronger, leaner, um, thinner, healthier. Um, but I was committed to the practice, once again, the practice of going every day, um, of just waking up every day, deciding to go work out. So that was one thing I started. Um, I also started intermittent fasting. And why that's important is because I also challenged myself to, number one, um, have better control of what I was putting into my body, what I was eating. Um, Because I noticed that, you know, the things I ate Um, really showed up in my body. I have eczema, um, so sometimes my skin, depending on what I ate, will break out 
and um, sometimes my joints would swell up, you know, if I ate sugar. And I just felt like there was no reason for me to continue to have my food um, harm me in such a way, <laughs> you know, in such a way that I at least I could feel right away. Um, and then also, lastly, I really just wanted to pair um, um, working out with intermittent fasting so I could also sort of hasten the process of losing weight. So that was another area where I started to bring control back um, into my life. And then lastly, um, I stumbled on Oprah's um, Super Soul um, podcast. So this was, um, and, and this all happened in January. So I said, okay, I'm going to start listening to that. I think I listened to one episode and then stumbled on the fact that she was about to do this 10-part series with Eckhart Tolle. And after after listening to one um, podcast session, I just realized, wow, this really sort of breathed life into me um, and, and realized that I wanted to um, listen more and kind of follow the series and and be more intentional about what I take in. Um, so I started listening to the podcast. And then lastly, I, um, I really stopped consuming things that I felt were draining me. So I purposely leaned into what was feeding me from a physical perspective, from what I was eating, from what I was listening to, and the things that were draining me like social media, um, the news, um, negativity from family members and friends, I really leaned all the way back from. I stopped watching the news, stopped watching TV, really, um, and really stopped um, social media. Like, I got off of social media because it was just too much. It was draining. And I think what happened as a result is every day, you know, I had some basic components to my living. You know, I ate well. I fasted. I went to the gym and um, listen to um, whatever soul-filling episode or podcast I could find. And that really was my routine. And I think over time, um, the, the, the cloudy sort of, um, so, 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 sort of this space, that this automated space I was in, which was get up every day, go to a job that I'm not happy with, um, do things that are not fulfilling, deprive myself of good food, good sleep, etc. All of that started to be um, sort of just peeled back, and I really started to um, get a better sense for myself and, and learn that um, there are certain spaces that when I tap into, I thrive, and there are certain spaces and energies that when I'm in, I'm completely depleted. And there are certain things that if I allow myself to think or certain emotions that if I invite in will completely diminish and deplete me and make me angry and put me in a space that I don't want to be in. And there are certain thoughts and ideas and concepts, you know, mainly just being positive, um, thinking about the possibilities, you know, um, being around good friends, having great conversations, traveling, um, the, those are all things that became um, evident to me that were revealed to me throughout this process that um, I, I needed. And I think more importantly, because um, this is going long and I need to start to wrap it up, but I think more importantly, what I took away from 
all of this is that I have a choice. I have a choice in the matter. You know, the concept of this is who I am. This is what I do. I've been doing this for so long. Um, this is what my family does. This is my personality. All of this I, is, I'm convinced, is um, not true. I think these are things that we buy into um, for whatever reason, either because it plays well to our ego, to the ideas of ourselves. It's much easier for us to get along, to go along with it than to try to change yourself. Whatever it is, um, you know, we, we put ourselves in a space of powerlessness, in a space of weakness by not being intentional and by not leaning into what we want um, and not thinking about or even going through the process of learning what gives us life um, so that we can occupy that space more. Um, so that's the path and journey I've been on. It's been amazing what's sort of come as a result. Um, I'm excited. Um, to explore and sort of share my journey thus far and where I am. And, um, you know, I'm running out of time, but um, I think as I wrap up um, over time, and especially if I continue with this podcast, I think what I want people to take away and to learn is that um, every day, in fact, every moment, is a brand new opportunity for you to completely turn your life inside out in a way that you start to step into the space of living your best life. Now, living your best life is not going to come overnight. You know, I just talked about how this whole process has probably been two, three years in the making. Uh, and it's finally, I'm finally just now starting to see the physical evidence of it the emotional um, evidence, like things in my life are starting to sort of come together in a way that um, I just couldn't have, maybe I could have envisioned it, let me not say that I couldn't have, but but in a way that is um, sort of reinforcing and um, validating the, the notion or the idea that I'm on the right path. And that to me is, um, exciting because that in and of itself gives me life so with that I'll I will stop and I know that there was a lot said um, now um, or on this podcast that probably needs to be explained can be further explored needs to be pieced together and that's what I'm gonna look to do with this podcast um, you know I think when I thought about you know, what's the value? What's the purpose? What am I trying to do by sort of doing this? Um, I realized that, you know, my goal is to just be able to serve as inspiration in any way. Um, not because I'm an, ex I'm an expert, because I'm really not. Not because I got my shit together, because I don't. Not because I am someone that should be looked up to in any way, because I'm not. Um, not because I've completed the journey, because I'm really just beginning. Um, but I think a lot of times, you know, especially now, um, 
It's so funny. I'm back on social media, so we can talk about some of what I'm seeing. But since I've left and I've kind of come back, I'm seeing things from a whole different perspective. And what I'm realizing is social media is now filled with, you know, like we're in this expert sort of period or phase, at least from what I can see, where everyone is um, a guru, an expert, everyone is a SME, everyone is given advice. And that's not to say that we don't all need to be able to um, sort of motivate each other. Um, But there are so many people who are dishing out advice, who are saying A, B, and C, and I'm going to leave all of that to those people because that's not what this is about. You know, I want my podcast to be you know, about people like myself, you know, just someone who wakes up every day and is as clumsy as can be, as forgetful as can be, um, maybe could be smarter, maybe could read more, maybe could do better in so many different ways, and I'm told that all the time. But I wake up every day, and I know what my practice is, and my practice is to lean into the moment, embrace the moment, be my authentic self as best as possible um, and see what comes as a result of it. And I think that in and of itself is um, a thing of inspiration because, you know, I think it's, I think it's a very brave thing to insist on living your authentic life, even when you have no idea what you're doing and your authentic life is a mess. Yeah. (laughs) So with that, I'm going to wrap up. Um, It's just so exciting and rejuvenating and I'm so proud of myself, which is crazy, but I'm going to say proud of myself for waking up, capturing the day, capturing the moment, coming here and and doing this podcast. Um, It's not perfect, um, but we did it. And the practice is leaning in and working at being better every day. So what I can say is um, the next one will certainly be noticeably better. At the very least, I'll be more organized about what I want to talk about. All right. Peace out. It's been real. Thanks to the universe for allowing me to have this moment and this space um, to um, share what's in my heart. Namaste.